0: are listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, everyone. and Welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating and culture podcast focusing on differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West, and me on TikTok at Ashley Angora. That's Ashley, A-N-N-G-O-R-A. Um, For anyone that's new here, welcome, and for everyone that's returning, thank you for joining us again. I am recording this at 12.35 a.m., right before a flight. Well, not exactly right before, but I am flying out in a few hours back to Philly um, for a work trip and a DJ gig that I have scheduled. Um, So by the time this is posted, I will be in Philly, so I'm trying to get things done a bit earlier for you, because I can't bring my mic with me. I could, but I probably wouldn't have time to record this, to be quite honest with you. But because I'm recording this early, I gotta say, I really <laughs> don't have any more dating updates for you. Um, just like last time, I've been insanely busy just with podcasts, DJ stuff, life. I cannot get over that it's April already. Like that is insane to me. I feel like Everything's just going by so fast. I just think of that Ferris Bueller quote. I actually drove by last weekend with my friend, the house that they filmed or at least the outside of, which fun fact is in Long Beach. But yeah, I feel like the next few months are just going to be insane. I have wedding things happening, um, Coachella happening just a lot going on. So it's definitely going to be another busy summer. But again, because I have no updates, we can just dive into the episode um, this week. I am so excited um, for this episode and I hope that you all listening will find it just as intriguing and entertaining as i did because this week i have my friend on um she is using a pseudonym for privacy reasons but we are talking all about senior home living and dating and hookups and relationships and marriages and second marriages and and all that fun stuff so my friend that i'm interviewing has worked in senior home living facilities Um, Since pretty much she graduated college and in different capacities. So she has really gotten to know all of her residents. And I think why this is an important episode and something that was interesting to me, not only from like the dating aspect, is the concept of age and dating. Obviously, this episode is going to have a little bit of a different angle because it's talking specifically about senior home living. And On top of that, senior home living in facilities that do focus more on healthcare um, versus, and we talk a little bit about this in the episode, um, like a facility, maybe like a retirement center in um, like a Florida, for example. Um, So it is a little bit of a different viewpoint um, throughout the episode, so definitely keep that in mind. But in society in general, ageism is very real and i feel like when you think about um older people and relationships there's definitely some stereotypes there and kind of different ways of thinking around it at least for most people so when my friend um the reason i had her on was just you know we she would talk to me about um you know things that would happen in the center and i was like shocked by it but then when you kind of think about it like they're still people. It's just they're a little bit older. So why wouldn't they want to engage in a relationship with someone else and things like that? So we definitely dive deeper into that in the episode. I don't want to give too much away, but just some things to keep in mind while you listen through. Um, And again, I think it's just interesting because you have shows popping up now like Grace and Frankie and, and other shows that do highlight Older people and like their lives, and you know, dating and remarrying and things like that. And it's not something that's really talked about. So it was just kind of interesting to think about it um, and have an open conversation because it's not really talked about that often. So, anyways, I really enjoyed talking to my friend about it. It made me think about things a little bit differently. And also feel less concerned for when I'm 87 and still single and on the prowl, most likely based on how things are going for me. So hope you all enjoy and uh, let's dive into it. I'm here with my good friend, Allie. How are you doing this fine evening? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you about senior home living and dating. I'm like so intrigued by this. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it's very intriguing.
0: <laughs> and a little graphic sometimes. Would you say it gets a little graphic? Scan. <laughs> <I just> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so to kick it off, um I would love to hear kind of um like the lay of the land of the senior home living environment um in terms of just like what your role is there, how I guess like how things are set up, like just in general speak it and speaking like and how people can even be dating there. More so just for my own future because that's that's where I see myself going, yeah. but yeah. um give us the deets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's basically an apartment complex for people over 65. Um, that's a really simple way to put it. Healthcare is provided there. Um, now, most people over 65 don't need to be in an assisted living place until you get much older. So I would say the average resident is in their 80s. But we do have a lot more young residents that we're starting to see, especially since COVID. A lot of people in their 70s. Um, You occasionally get the people in their 60s who do move in. Uh, The last community that I worked at, we had a lot of very young people in their 70s and 60s, which made it really interesting, which is where most of these dating stories actually (laughs) come from. But uh, it's definitely... Like going back to college, I would say I compare it a lot to being back in a dorm setting because it's all communal. So you're having meals with your neighbors, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, Their world is a bit smaller, maybe, than ours, just because they're not able to just get out and hop in their car and go drive. Some of them do have cars, but um, their life is basically all within the community. So that's one aspect that it's different than an apartment complex. And when I started in senior living, I was doing the activities role so i was the person in charge of making it fun which is honestly a hoot and uh was a very um for a 22 year old just graduating from college starting a job it was extremely fulfilling and um uh, i had a lot of energy to do that of course i'm kind of moved on from the activities part of it now but uh that's where so um much of the relationships that I built with them and found out about, you know, they would confide all these things to me, or I would see (laughs) things happen in activities, um, even little love triangles. So, uh, having to like be in (laughs) breakup love triangles sometimes. So, um, that's how I got started. And yeah,
0: I can definitely see, and I don't know why I didn't, I guess like in my head, I imagine like a senior home living, like a much older, just from like, my, like I like my great grandparents were in senior home living like night nine, like 90 pushing 100 but I can definitely see right. where you're like in your 60s or 70s like maybe fresh off retirement maybe looking to spice up your life like you're kind of looking to fill the void of not working like all day every day where maybe you would yeah. be getting in some of that like find some drama in your life I don't know so I guess that makes a little yeah. bit more sense to me Definitely, it's. I mean, I would say the social aspect of it um,
1: is why people opt for it in the first place. Um, if you think about it, why would you want to move from your home um, if you can have a caregiver? If it's care that you need, uh, which is most of it, most people move in due, due to because they need more care. Um, they're either physically or cognitively. You know, dementia is a huge population. Um, part of the senior living community population. So, uh, but you can always pay caregivers to come, you know, to your home. Uh, so a lot of people choose it for the social aspect. So it really does feel a lot like um, a second, you know, college dorm later in life. Uh, it's very similar dynamics that I think end up happening.
0: So to that point, then they are they like, if you can share this, are they choose it? they're choosing to go, like it isn't like their family or is it like, ch- like having them go or is it like a mix of both? It's a mix of both for sure. And I would say in my
1: experience, m- most people don't necessarily want to, I don't know if I'd say most, but I've met a lot of people that have really great attitudes about it. We do, you know, get people who are upset they don't want to be here they don't understand you know why their families are wanting them to do this and that a lot of times is more people um who have dementia and they don't Mm. when you have dementia a lot of times you're there's not a knowing that you do um so you don't understand why you would need to be in a place like this so it might be brought to them as like, Oh, you're going to stay in this nice hotel. Um, This is like a resort and you know, your house is under construction. And so we need you to stay here for a couple of weeks. And then those couple of weeks just don't (laughs) ever end, which, you know, in terms of the ethics of all of that, I'm sure that's a conversation for another time, but uh, we just kind of let the families make that decision. Um, That's a very personal decision to make, but I would say it's a mix and generally people end up adjusting very well. I don't know that I've ever met anybody who never adjusted and ended up, you know, enjoying themselves. So
0: yeah. And I'm sure to your point before the social aspect helps play into that like they're not like completely isolated yeah. in their room. Mhm. Exactly. So tell me about the the dating that happens. Like how are these like relationships like even happening? Like how do they Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Um, So I can remember hearing in college before I started, you know, before I was working professionally, when I was interning, I can remember hearing somebody say like, oh, you know, one of the, um, you know, most common places that STDs are spread are in these senior living homes. And I thought there's no way that's true. You know, what are these senior living, you know, places like just basically these giant sex clubs? What are they all like getting freaky or something? And You know, I still, after about a decade in the industry, don't really think that there's any way that this is one of like the top places, maybe those 55 and up communities that you hear about in like Florida and Arizona, Mm -hmm. um, places like Leisure World or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's more 55 and up. So they're a lot more active and have their own, you know, independent lives. It's not so much healthcare. But my, I guess my first experience with it was, Um, actually about a week into my first job. And um, I was working in Texas and it was a couple who uh, I did not necessarily know were a couple, I was still getting to know everyone. And I was trying to go around and get everybody to bingo. They'd given me a list of room apartment numbers to go knock on doors, say, hey, you know, everybody come to bingo and I'm this young, you know, 22. Brand new. I'm going to get everybody, you know, out and active and I'm knocking on doors and I knock on this one door and the lady says, come in. And I open the door and she's just there, butt naked, sitting in her chair <gasps> with her, her out and her boyfriend, who is this other resident? just is walking across the room. He's butt naked too. I'm just like, Oh hey <laughs> guys, I was just coming in to, you know, tell you about bingo. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll be down. Is it starting now? I'm like, yeah, it's going to be starting about 15 minutes. They're like, yeah, we'll meet you down there. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And I thought I should tell somebody like, surely this isn't, you know, initially I'm thinking like, this is probably not allowed. Like I need to probably tell the nurse. So I go and I tell the nurse like, Oh, you know, by the way, I'll just use uh, you know for HIPAA reasons. I'll say it's Bob and Betty. I'm like Bob is in Betty's room, um, you know, and they're naked, and I don't know what to do. And the nurse is like, "Oh yeah, you know, they're dating. That they're a little boyfriend And <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, so that's like it's okay." And they're like, "Oh yeah, they're fine, you know. Yeah, let them know it's time for bingo." And I was like, "Okay." And I think that was my first, you know, kind of shift my mind into thinking like, you know, these are adults, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're, they've lived sometimes for four times longer than you know at that time I had I was only 22 and these people were you know 88 um the lady actually was in her late 80s and the gentleman was in his late 70s so I mean they'd lived so much longer than me well who am I to sit here and think they can't make decisions about their sex lives you know so it was nice that early on in my career I uh was able to kind of have that shift because I still meet people to this day, especially caregivers who want to keep them apart. Like, oh, they shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't, you know, be doing this. And it's like, no, I mean, they're able to make their own decisions. They're adults. We actually can't keep them from having sex lives. So that's their right, you know, as part of living in these homes where we can't intervene um, unless basically a doctor says somebody's not healthy enough for sex. And of course the topic of dementia can start to come into play and you know, what does consent look like when you have something like Alzheimer's disease? But even so, um, if if two people want to have a relationship, that's that's their right. So that was my first Bob and Betty. That was my <laughs> first encounter. And it and I just saw it all and will probably have that image in my head
0: for the rest of my life until i'm 88 <laughs> i can't believe how nonchalant they were just like like yeah, they're butt naked they're like oh come yeah. in yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah oh my god just come on it yeah you yeah, know you can't move too fast at that age so i don't i mean <laughs> yes. i could hear them in the room
1: and they weren't actively doing anything she was
0: just like yeah, oh, yeah. come on she had the newspaper you know. to hide, hide herself mm-hmm yeah, I mean, that makes sense because and that, that was going to be my question, or I guess my thought is I could see where maybe people might be coming at it from like they're thinking in their head, like senior living, people are there because they have like a problem because they can't care for themselves, which therefore means they can't make decisions for themselves, which isn't necessarily true. like You could be a full functioning adult, but to your point, maybe you need a little extra help like walking to like to get food like I I don't know like that's like Mm -hmm. just an example but that doesn't mean that you can't then choose to be in a relationship because if you weren't in that home trying to function on your own you would still be living like the most normal life you could be in that regard at least just in a different environment (laughs) exactly yeah, exactly.
1: And it's something that I do training an annual training with all of the staff on just getting them comfortable. I mean, it's it's not really comfortable for people in general to talk about sex, which is interesting no matter the demographic. People, you know, have a it's a taboo subject. But yeah. I, especially when you're talking about seniors, um, I think it's easier sometimes for healthcare we can look at it more objective. This is not our mom, our dad. I can tell you having these conversations with family members is very different. Mm-hmm. And often much harder. I have had to tell family members that I am really sorry, but there's basically nothing I can do. I cannot physically keep your loved one from doing this. I, I you know, we're not a, we're not a psychiatric facility, so we can't yeah. restrain people physically. Um, so there's really nothing I can do other than try to distract them and you know give them other activities to do, but. Certainly, I think it's probably harder to have conversations with the adult children of these seniors than it is, you know, the caregivers get it after. Basically, they just need permission. They don't want to get in trouble for letting something happen. And really, like I said, the only reason we wouldn't allow people to be in a room together is if somebody had, like, let's say a heart condition and their doctor says, oh, this person's heart isn't healthy enough for sex. It could put them into cardiac arrest, something like that. Or if, um, you know, cognitively um, somebody, you know, was, you know, had dementia and was clearly feeling fearful of the other person or didn't, if you could kind of gauge that, you know, or if they were verbally stating, I don't want to be around this person, then of course we would protect that person. But if everybody is healthy and, you know, clearly enjoying themselves, there's really, yeah, that's, that's totally their right. And who are we? I mean, at that age, any joy that you can derive, I say, go for it.
0: Yeah. So are they um, kind of like starting these relationships, like through activities? Is it all people like within the same senior living home? Are people Mm -hmm. on the apps there? (laughs) (laughs) I did have one
1: resident who was on, I don't know if it was maybe, I think it was eHarmony. (laughs) And he ended up moving out. So he was actually on eHarmony and bringing women to the (gasps) community, like going out on dates, having women come back to the community, (laughs) but his room was a mess. So I think what was happening was when these women were coming back, I mean, he was living in kind of a, I mean, it's so expensive to live. That's the other thing. People don't really move in until they need it because it's very expensive to live there. Um, Even in places that aren't super nice. They're still very expensive because it's healthcare technically, you know, it, it is, it's a healthcare community, even for those that aren't receiving a ton of care. So it's so these rooms are often smaller. So this guy was living in a studio apartment and bringing back these women mm-hmm. and, you know, finally did meet a woman who was living in orange County. And he would, this guy was up in like Los Angeles driving to orange County. Well, he, shouldn't have been driving i think his daughter had attempted to take away the keys from him so he ended up actually falling in love and moving in with his girlfriend in Orange County but other than that the relationships that i've seen are just within the community it's people who meet there often it's widows widowers it's every now and then it's singles but most most people have already been married once or a handful of times <laughs> um a lot of the men have had like multiple marriages and the women have been um you know, our widows or something like that. So
0: we definitely see that uh, kind of that second and third love. Do they remarry um, ever in, in the homes and then like move out?
1: Um, they don't move out the only, well, and the ones that I've seen, we have had. Um, so not in a community I worked at, but one of my company's sister communities up in Chicago had a couple who met and fell in love and they got married um, another a couple in Austin, also at a different community, not one that I worked at, um, got married, met at, you know, the community and got married. So it does happen. Um, and they often have their weddings there at the community. <laughs> um, it's definitely a generation that felt very strongly about marriage.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: So what we'll see is they'll be living in separate rooms okay. and then they'll want to, you know, move into a single room because you're going to save on rent um but they'll want to get married first before they live together that's like a big thing for this generation yeah they're still very you know those you know old school thinking those values are important to them. old school yeah for sure yeah um i would say that there was a situation where um i had a resident who had both residents had dementia and this was something that the family was very fearful of because they were talking about marriage and we were just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, that's so great. Good for you. We would never tell them like, oh no, you guys can't get married. First of all, they're not children. Second of all, if we did, they're going to probably be unhappy there and try to bust out or something. Um, and both were in a secured locked, you know, memory care unit. And so the daughter of one of them was just so anxious, like mom's talking about getting married. What is this going to mean for, you know, um, kind of, I think it was coming down to a financial thing. Could this new person, you know, be entitled to any of her money? And um, Mm -hmm. her husband, this person's dad had, you know, passed away not that long ago, but mom has dementia and I think was just like happy to have a companion. So, you know, again, a generation that talks about marriage. Um, And it took a lot of talking with this daughter to get her to understand that like they were safe. They're not actually going to get married, but why would we not let them think that, or you know, even have a pretend wedding ceremony if we need to? But it's not anything legal or binding. It's not like we would have a priest or a you know marriage uh, license or anything like that. Um, just more so to let them. I mean, the the gentleman had his son buy an engagement ring, so and she and the woman wore it. It was really sweet. Uh, But again, it was more the family, uh, the woman's family, who was really, really freaked out about it. So, you know, I've seen that happen too. In general, it doesn't always, I would say it results in marriage not that often, um, Mm -hmm. but they end up, you know, being companions for,
0: you know, as long as they're there in the community, which is a really nice thing to have, I think. Why do you think, aside from, you know, some of those, like situations with like dementia or things like that um do you think the families are so against it do you think it's like a control thing because they're not there or so
1: given the background um what i have noticed is that generally it's the daughters of moms that have the hardest time with it
0: mm.
1: i have had you know probably just probably eight Couples that I can think of off the top of my head that ended up forming, and the only family members that I've really ever had to deal with and like talk through things with have been the daughters of the of women, um, and and they've always said like you know you know she, my dad was the love of my mom's life. My how could she you know she she does this this couldn't truly mean anything. My dad was the love of her life. So I think it has more to do with whatever. Idea they had of their parents' relationship being so perfect um, that, you know, I think that's something that it's hard for people to understand that a relationship can exist independent of, you know, like love can happen twice, right? It doesn't mean that the first relationship was any less perfect, but that person's gone now. And so this new love is formed. And I think often people who have like really strong, genuine love probably find it easier um, to embrace love again, you know, Um, and probably want that and yearn for that a little more than people who are a little bit more content, you know, being on their own or being independent. I think it definitely has a lot more to do with our personalities or just our our own. I don't know, like openness to love than anything else, really.
0: It sounds like it's less about things happening specifically in the living home and just in general like regardless of where they were living just finding someone new again replacing their dad which would happen either way potentially (laughs) yeah i will i will
1: say that the the relationships happen quickly it's so interesting like you know that we're the generation of you have to be you know you know, first you're like texting for six months, then you're talking for six <laughs> months, then you're finally like what, you know, exclusive. And then you can call <laughs> each other boyfriend, girlfriend after two and a half years or whatever. You know, it <laughs> just seems like it's yeah. a generation where everything moves so slow. Um, I'm telling you these people meet and by the end of the week, they're like, this is my boyfriend,
0: <laughs> you know, this is my boyfriend, Jimmy. And you're like,
1: okay. And I, you know,
0: I think age does have, have to do with it in that regard, because and I think part of it is generational because I feel like one the older we get um speaking for myself as someone single, like I feel like the older I've gotten when I do meet guys that are older that are secure, emotionally intelligent um or emotionally mature, and they they do want a relationship, I feel like if they meet someone and they're like okay, like I want to date someone seriously. And I am interested in a relationship, like within five to six dates, it's like, let's make this official or let's just move on. Um, And even like when mm-hmm. my mom and like thinking about my parents, my mom, <laughs> my mom and my dad got married when my mom was 31. My dad was 34, 35 Um, or no, she was 28 and he was 32. Sorry. And they met Engaged within six months, like married within a year. And like that was like not Mm -hmm. that weird. Whereas like that would be kind of weird at that age today. And so thinking of even that, absolutely. Yeah. So thinking that generation even older, I'm like, and when, and also like given, you know, if you're like 80, not to be like, you know, a downer, but you don't know how much time you have left. So it's kind of like, what do you have to lose? (laughs) You know, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I've seen some pretty odd couples where like, well, I would, you know, I, I wonder, I think to myself, I wonder how that works. Like, I wonder, some of them are more apparent, but, um, like I said, they're, they're all around each other every day. And I'm telling you, I mean, they have, there's cliques, there's reputations. Like there was a gentleman, uh, who worked or lived at one of the communities who was in a wheelchair, had Parkinson's disease, um, but highly motivated to have a girlfriend. I mean, wanted me to plan can you plan mixers with other senior living communities can we do like uh what is it um speed dating he wanted to do a (laughs) speed dating night he you know he was so motivated any new woman who moved in he was can i have lunch with you you know can i sit with you at dinner and finally this woman moved in much younger really beautiful beautiful woman um and i and i saw him i was like oh i knew exactly um let's call him Rob. I was like, Rob's definitely going to go for her. Uh, (laughs) And uh, Rob did go for her. And she just immediately was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like went for it. And they have been together ever since. I think they've been together for a couple of years now. Wow. And um, she takes him around in his wheelchair. Actually, that's kind of a funny, interesting story. So when they were first hooking up and I do mean hooking up, um, the staff (laughs) were finding them, you know, like in the room um or she would sneak in in the night and then kind of sneak back they lived on the same hallway she would sneak in in the night they would clearly have been together um but this is a gentleman who due to his parkinsons is a major fall risk meaning like if he tries to stand up he can easily fall he's very very weak his parkinsons has pretty pro- pretty much progressed um so he you know doesn't have a ton of dexterity he can't you know use his hands super well um he can't walk Uh, and this is a woman who was young and very physically able and so I think the first time that people fell out is because she had to get a caregiver well we had suspicions because one of her shirts a caregiver found her shirt in his room they're like hmm maybe it got mixed up in the laundry um but then she had to come out and get a caregiver because he in the act, he had slipped and she wasn't strong enough to like lift him back up into the bed. So then we were like, okay, well, clearly we know what's <laughs> going on now. And, you know, but they're, I mean, they're super cute. Like when we would have dances or a little, um, you know, parties and events where there's a, a DJ or a band, you know, they're always, you know, she's spinning him around in the wheelchair. There's, you know, he's standing and they're just kind of holding each other. And Uh, dancing he even started going to physical therapy to be able to stand for her which i thought was really sweet but the reason i started the story was because so he actually ended up getting a procedure an elective surgery which not a ton of people getting elective surgeries and it was so that he would be able to have an erection so um once this relationship formed um because they were trying but due to his parkinson's and he had been taking supplements. And so he actually had a procedure um, and our caregivers had to like help, you know, with like the wound care and stuff afterwards. Um, And his doctor basically told, you know, the nurses, like as part of his medical care after this procedure, he cannot have sex for, I can't remember how long, maybe it was a couple of weeks. And so during that time, they didn't see each other and he had gotten a little weaker just because anytime you have a procedure, you're going to go like, I don't know if he had to have anesthesia or something like that, but it just can take it out of you. Anytime you have to be in the hospital at that age can take a toll on your body. So he got much weaker and he really couldn't stand. And so we had to have a conversation with him about safety with both of them. Look, it's just not super safe for you guys to be attempting to have sex right now. Uh, Rob has, um, doctor's orders, um, stating that he, you know, Can't have sex right now, but also he's just too weak. He can't stand up, and it's not safe for you. You know, we've already had to come pick him up one time off the floor. It's not safe for you. So until until something changes, and that's when the whole physical therapy thing started. You know, we're gonna need to just hold off, do other things. You know, you guys can do other things in your rooms. Just don't have to have, I guess, the penetration part of it. And so this gentleman requested that one of since he wasn't able to stand, you know, when he isn't able to stand in the shower, it's our caregivers who helped help him stand in the shower, helped to give a shower. So his thought process was, Well, if you guys can help me in the shower, why can't you help me have sex? Can you guys <gasps> be in the room and physically hold me up or like help me get into position? And we were like, well you know, no,
0: oh
1: my God. that's not a service that we provide. And I can remember like having to actually reach out to what, uh, when you're in healthcare, they call it the ombudsman, who's like a rep, they're, they're essentially, they work for the state um, and they are the resident's advocate. They make sure that um, these senior living homes are not, you know, abusing residents, that they're not um, taking, you know, advantage of them or, you know, whatever it is. So we even had to reach out to say like, can we deny him this care and um they had actually not ever had the request either so it was a very interesting situation and thankfully he just kind of let it go before it you know got too crazy but yeah he wanted somebody to come in there and help him he's like i don't understand why you guys can't help me with this if you can help me with it while i'm in the shower but it was basically a, a privacy right for the other resident was kind of what it boiled down to that that person probably didn't want somebody else in there while you guys were you know, having sex. So
0: that was one of the more extreme requests I'd ever received. <laughs> that is I I don't think I could have done that. I would have been so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very yeah. different from helping someone like clean themselves innocently. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
1: And a lot of times the caregivers uh caregivers will, will tell me stories about how, you know, these are older gentlemen. Um, and when you're giving them a shower, um, it's not very uncommon for somebody to get an erection. It's nothing, it's not even necessarily sexual. It's just that, you know, you're naked and here's this person cleaning you up. And sometimes you just get an erection. Yeah. And, um, so that's common, but this was very different he was really taking it to the next level. Yeah. So we had to give him, you know, kudos for trying, you know, can't yeah. blame the guy for trying for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so aside from, <laughs> from that couple, um, and hooking up in, in rooms, how, mm-hmm. like what type of, what type of dates like would people go on or were they even going on dates at that point? Um, were they just hanging out? <laughs> Most of them are just hanging out, but that
1: couple in particular does go on dates. Um, they've even done weekends, like they'll go away for the weekend and that's usually it has to be done through their family. You know, we, as the community first, we have to have. You know, um, their physician's paperwork has to say that they're able to leave the community unassisted, Um, but they'll call an Uber and they'll book a hotel room and they'll go, you know, to Santa Barbara or wherever for the weekend. And they do typically have to hire a private this, you know, because the gentleman needed so much physical assistance, he would hire a private caregiver to go with them to provide care while they were on the trip. Um, often their families will take them out is what I've noticed. A lot of families do get on board with it. Um, you know, like I said, there's a handful of, you know, family members who get weird about it, but majority are pretty supportive of it and can understand the benefit of having a companion this at this point in life. Um, and will take them out. Um, I've seen them spend, you know, holidays together. I even had in one of the memory care communities I was working at in Texas, where this woman was living there and her husband had passed away. And she was so sure that this other gentleman was her husband. Um, And the other gentleman was really, really far progressed. non He couldn't speak anymore. Sorry, I'm trying not to use too many like, medical terms or anything like that but he uh, couldn't speak he was very much wheelchair bound and um so she was this woman would go sit by him and hold his hand and just say her husband's name to him over and over and you know he just kind of didn't respond but she wasn't really with it enough to be able to recognize that he wasn't responding so she, in her mind that was her husband well this gentleman's wife was a much younger woman who would come in and was so sweet to the other lady and even during Christmas or Thanksgiving dinners uh, would have her sit with them at the table and let this other woman sit by her husband and wow. um, yeah, and the daughter, everybody just included her as part of the family because you know, what was it? you know, what did it hurt? Um so I would say in general, people were very embracing, and you know, to have a, a wife come in and let this other woman you know be thinking that her husband is her husband. I thought that was a really special moment um I've had Scenarios where a couple happens and the wife doesn't, you know, in this situation, uh, this gentleman's wife was young and healthy and lived outside of the community. Um, He was in memory care and this other lady and him struck up a relationship and, you know, we're always holding hands and holding other body parts of each other. And when the wife would come in for visits, we would have to separate them because she was very upset felt like she was being cheated on obviously I think any of us I think that would be a really hard thing to see because their relationship had been so good and this guy was like the mayor of the town so he's like a well-known guy and she was the mayor's oh, wife and no. so you know that's a tough thing and they were always known for having this great relationship and here he is in this memory care community and now he's got this you know girlfriend and so you know that was a situation where basically, we agreed to like a don't ask, don't tell. So, you know, we couldn't really separate them. But when his wife came in for visits, we would make sure that we were distracting the girlfriend and like doing something else, you know, doing an activity with her or taking her off for a walk. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't always happen that the other spouse is dead. That's, I would say the cognitive is where, you know, people with the cognitive issues, that's where. Situations like that happen because they're there and, you know, they, they know they have a wife. So why not this person be their wife? So, you know, they're just looking for some companionship.
0: Glad to hear the drama doesn't stop even when you're in your no. Uh, 80s. <laughs> no, it never
1: stops. It never stops.
0: It just takes on a different form. So what has been, I guess, like your favorite thing that you've seen or that you've learned, like through like through the that experience, like to me it sounds a lot like college or high school but on steroids <laughs> just because <laughs> things like happen so fast and you're older you have either it sounds like they have some like they have the money at that point to you know go off and do things if they are able to as well um so it is kind of like a full on relationship, but
1: yeah it's it's i would say it's like college or um high school on like arthritis medication more than steroids <laughs> it's not I mean, because it is, again it's it's pretty a lot of it's pretty sweet it's a lot of you know kissing and holding hands and saving a seat at the bingo table or oh no no he sits next to me in the dining room kind of a thing you know versus I, I there's not been a ton I, there was only two love triangles that I can really think of and one was a dementia situation where this guy just you know I think he potentially thought both of these women were the same person actually. Um, Uh, and they would kind of a little like mad at each other, like vying over who could sit by him and stuff, but that fizzled out pretty quickly. And it kind of, you know, turned into the other lady just getting distracted and not caring anymore. So, um, and then I had another love triangle had nothing to do with dementia, but just, yeah, people getting a little catty and it had to do with like, sitting in the dining room together too that seems to be a weird like a recurring pattern about like they hook up in the dining room like they start sitting with each other in the dining room and that's how like you know that they're together kind of a thing but uh, i think probably the the thing that's been coolest to see is just that people's personalities really don't change i think libido in general you know they find yeah that age can account for some decline in libido, but there's really not enough research or enough studies on it to say why. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's one study. I wrote it down just because I wanted to get it right. As Dr. Cynthia Graham, she's University of Southampton, who studied decline in sex drive, and it says that for men they do experience a decline, but a decline between 35 and 44, and for women it's between 55 and 64. But there's the research doesn't explain why it just, you know, shows the correlation. So they say, you know, the theory is that real or the, I guess, theory, just what's accepted is that libido has a lot more to do and sex drive has a lot more to do with the individual, your individual sexual experiences, um, maybe, you know, a little bit due to hormones or a little bit due to things like stress, possibly, but overall, it's really more individual than age related. And you know, like people s- kind of stay who they are. Uh, we get a lot more firm in our ways, actually, as we age,
0: which can be yeah. scary.
1: Can yeah. definitely be scary. Like I hope that I can still evolve, but I know from working with seniors that there's a really good chance that you know I am who I am. <laughs> um, I think our sometimes our opinions can change, but our personalities do pretty much stay the same, and. We had this woman, um, this woman I knew in Texas who was fun and she was a cocktail waitress her whole life at like a really ritzy, uppity spot and very much was a cocktail waitress till the end. I mean, to the point where we were having a, a day where I was, they were using the activity room. We had invited a bunch of doctors in from a local hospital. So everything was done up. Um, we were having a symposium and I was actually speaking about dementia and this woman walks in because it's where she normally would have bingo and she walks in and she sits down on the lap of this doctor <gasps> and she's like, honey, and she starts telling them, you know, who her son is and this and that. And I, I remember when you used to come into the hotel and all this stuff, she had dementia And she's sitting on his lap and he, you know, he went along with it and we thankfully we've all played it off and everybody was really cordial about it. And we just happened to be talking about dementia. Like when it all happened, I'll always remember that moment. Um, And, you know, but that was just her personality. That's what she would have done when she was younger. She's not going to stop sitting on laps now. Um, (laughs) I think we have this idea that all old people are like really conservative, but they're definitely not, you know, Uh, just like, you know, There's young people our age that are super conservative and, you know, probably will be for the rest of their lives. Old people can be really
0: fun loving and out there too. That like reminds me of um, this trend that's on TikTok right now of all the the girls dressing their moms like them. Have you seen that? I love that trend. I love that. It just like shows. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's almost like to your point, like age is almost like a perception. And like, I think people sometimes like, you know, you like that once you get to a certain age, it's like, oh, you you dress like a mom in quotes, you act like a mom. And it's like these moms just like, Put on low rise jeans in a crop and all of a sudden they were like hot and like it was yeah. like completely different. So I think, and I know it's like a little bit different from like what you were just saying, but it, it reminded me of it a bit because it's like this perception of, and I mean, I kind of said, even said it at the beginning of the call like, oh, like senior living, older people, like you're mm-hmm. old and you dress like a certain way and you're, you know, you're like tired and whatever. And it's like, no, you can still be like cool and trendy and hip and have a sex life and. Yeah. whatever, no matter where you are. Um, so I think yeah. it is a, a lot of a perception thing to your point.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely life is what you make it. And there's certainly, I would say the majority of residents aren't, you know, getting into relationships. Uh, we have some people <laughs> that are super reclusive and don't come out of their rooms and basically only come out for meals or they don't feel well it sucks getting older. Sometimes it can yeah. it physically be really terrible. If you've got a condition that causes you to not feel great and you're in pain, you know, it's, you don't always want to go out and be social, but to know that there's opportunities for that, I think is what's cool. And I just think that, you know, it's something that I didn't plan on I didn't go to college to work in senior living. Um, I just needed a job after I graduated and ended up doing it actually kind of to the dis- uh like my professors were pretty discouraging of that. They were like, you know, oh, you don't want to work in senior living, you know, being an activities director is like, you don't need a degree to do that. So why would you do that? Um, but I was like, yeah, I don't I know, but I just need a job. So I'm just going to do it for a little bit. And then I ended up, you know, loving it and, you know, moving my career down the path, you know, within the industry, not doing activities anymore. But it's still being around the residents um, makes it uh, just so much fun. There. Hilarious. Um, and they've just lived really cool lives. So I think the opportunity to get their perspective on things, and they're very interested too in young people, like they want to hear about young people and young people's dating and stuff like that. So it's really interesting. I was a really boring person for them to talk to because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been and I'm not dating, but i uh, been in a relationship for so long, but they always want to ask me about my boyfriend. Oh,
0: um, so yeah. They're they're funny. Funny group. They should come talk to me. I have some stories for them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We should get it,
1: we'll get a Q&A one day. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I always think that some of them probably have way uh way more secrets than they're willing to let on.
0: Oh, for you know? sure. Every once in a while, like <laughs> my my mom is like super conservative with that kind of stuff. But every once in a while, like a new story came out will come out of something like that she did as a kid that she like never wanted to tell me to like influence me and i'm like it's too late you could just just tell me the secrets (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly but exactly so my last question for you unless you have anything else is um i know you've worked in a few different locations or you Mm -hmm. have like their sister's areas I'm just interested to hear and the answer might be no, but I'm interested to hear like if you noticed any like differences in just in general honestly like in the homes and like the types of personalities you got um or as well as like with like the the dating and relationship <laughs> relationship yeah. scene um in the yeah. various areas.
1: Oh, absolutely. A huge difference going from Austin to LA. Um so in Austin um we had a few couples. That's where a lot of those like marriages happened. It seemed like people were, you know, or I would hear residents kind of have crushes on each other, but they were either, you know, just oh well, my husband's dead, and he's the last person I would ever, you know, be in a relationship with. Um, however, that is where the people invited me into their room, and they were just naked, so that's <laughs> interesting. But uh, I don't think that there was as much action as then when I moved to LA, <laughs> and The action, definitely, especially when I was uh, working kind of around like the Hollywood area, those residents, uh, yeah, they were interesting people. They'd lived very interesting lives and I'm sure had dated a lot of really interesting people in their life. So it was just like they have no, I mean, just their mindset in general was so much more open, um, clearly a lot more progressive than the residents in Texas, You know, it was interesting even being able to talk about politics in Hollywood, because in Texas, you just didn't talk about it. Uh, Mm. They didn't want to talk politics. Like, no, we don't. You know, we don't talk about that. But we could have discussions and um, little debates and stuff um, in L.A. And they were very interested in stuff like that. And there's just a lot more places to go. We would get to go out to a lot more museums and do things that were more social, go out to restaurants like they used to love going to El Coyote. In Hollywood and like drinking margaritas. And, um, uh, we actually, one thing that happened in LA was we had a, a DJ come in for a staff party that we were having. And at the last minute, my backup, like I had this like Frank Sinatra type guy who was going to sing for the residents afterwards and he canceled. And so I like called the DJ or I went up to the DJ and was like, can you stay for another hour? Like I have a whole happy hour plan for the residents. And I, you know, I don't have any music like music. And so he had never played for seniors before. And I was like, what do you play? I was like, just, I don't know anything, you know, the 70s, 60s, 50s, anything you can think of. And he ended up playing a lot of like, a Diana Ross and like kind of dance Mm -hmm. music. And they loved it. And I've actually never seen more of them get up and start like dancing. Um, And they just had a blast. And they were all dancing together. And like, it, yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, like getting down, grooving, um shaking their butts. It was really, it was wild. It was a rave, basically. <laughs> so much a rave. Yeah, that's awesome. So they were, and they were just a lot. If I, if that had happened in Texas, I don't think they would have been up dancing like that. Maybe if it was like a Western band <laughs> or something, mm-hmm.
0: but Some definitely country.
1: people are a lot more lively in LA for sure. I can kind of see that. Yeah, we did um there was a organization in texas that kind of did like make a wish for um make a wish for seniors uh who were who were you know had terminal illnesses and so um the woman who i've telling you sat on like a doctor's lap uh when at the end of her life they actually rented out this um really famous uh honky tonk in austin that's fine and, and and hired young guys to come in and dance with her she was loving it like wouldn't let this one guy go Uh, I mean kissing them getting her pink lipstick all over them it was so funny she had the time of her life yeah she had the time of her life that's amazing yep
0: yep That was probably a scene (laughs) oh my
1: gosh it was so much fun I I know I still have videos on my phone from it because it was I mean, they had a live band, a live country Western band and these like young buff, like firemen looking dudes came in all <laughs> dressed up in like their country pearl snap shirts and cowboy boots. So it was really cute. Now, the last thing I was going to say is that I do think, you know, um, I've seen a lot of ads at the end of The Bachelor that they're trying to get a senior. They're looking for seniors now um, who are oh. willing to do The Bachelor. Like so for the last couple of uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette seasons been at the end you know do you have a, is there a senior in your life looking for love um so i think you will start to see i know like on tiktok there's places um retirement house is a content house on tiktok of these old oh. people who um make content i think you'll start to see more more talk about this i don't think it will be as taboo as time goes on but i would i wouldn't be surprised if you know we saw a season of the bachelor um with seniors, and I would, yeah, I'll be tuning in every night for that one. <laughs>
0: so I would actually yeah. love to help cast that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of uh, thoughts on The Bachelor, just because of, <laughs> it's just because, and I, it's it's just because of how I feel like what I've heard of, you know, producers and. I would just I would just hope that the producers treat a senior a little bit differently than maybe someone our sure. age that goes on the show. Yeah, for sure. But I but but I do agree. I think it would be interesting to see seniors in like a dating and show environment that's not yeah trash. <laughs> um,
1: I could also see it kind of being the answer to are people really there for the right reasons? Because I don't think I mean again yeah. I don't want to uh, make any you know, I don't want to, I guess, project my perceptions of seniors, but I don't think there's a ton of seniors out there looking to make a TikTok career and Instagram career. Um, I think yeah. most of them, if they were going on the show, would probably be just to have a good time or because their grandkids put them up to it or something. I have a yeah. snaking suspicion that Gabby's grandpa is going to be the bachelor if they ever do it. Is that someone on the show?
0: I don't want Gabby it. was
1: the bachelorette the season that they had two bachelorettes um it was Gabby and Rachel and her grandpa was like uh, he came on the show a couple times and everybody loved him so i think that he will be the bachelor um <laughs> if they do if they do a senior bachelor so and when that happens you can replay this podcast episode and you know yeah. i'll give myself a pat on the back for that Just heard kidding. it here
0: first <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Insider information. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Allie, for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge on senior home living and dating with me and the listeners. I I was, I feel like this changed a lot of like perception I probably had. So I hope it helps some others as well. Yeah, for sure.
1: And if you're ever, you know, thinking of putting your mom or dad or grandma and grandpa in a senior living community make sure you send them with condoms, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh my God. And with that, just kidding.